With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Thursday on Ian Rod B. Hook them up. Get them up. Get them going. There is a ton to discuss. Five hours will maybe be enough as we hit you five hours, five days a week here on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. A uh, ton to talk about. There is a lot coming this weekend. A lot to talk about that went down yesterday, including the commissioner of the Big 12 Conference seemingly openly rooting for a Longhorn opponent and for the demise of the Texas Longhorns in their final season in the uh, conference. That seems a little bit off, but uh, we will certainly discuss. I'm sure some Longhorn fans are fired up about that. Uh, We will get to that. Brett Yormark's comments out in Lubbock, Texas yesterday will certainly be a conversation. Also, the uh, conference realignment news is uh, back to the front burner with the ACC back at the table talking about additions that could include SMU. Major League Baseball, Rangers didn't play, but still in first place in the AL West. That thing's getting heated. Also, terrible news for the LA Angels, a cursed club at this point, it appears, with uh, what went on with Shohei Otani yesterday and Mike Trout. Cowboys have some off-field news to discuss. Sam Williams, their second-year defensive end, in trouble with the law. Lionel Messi did it again in soccer and golf. It's all down to the Tour Championship this weekend. So we are jam-packed, to say the least, and we're excited you're with us however you're finding us each and every morning and each and every day. Here on the Horn, we're there for you on 1019 FM, AM 1260, and of course, digitally on our Horn app, where those digital numbers continue to surge. Also uh, on our website at hornfm.com, our YouTube channel, our Twitch channel at the website, wherever you find us, whether you're at home, work, or in your car, we appreciate you doing that uh, to start our Thursday morning, the 24th of August, nine days to the start of the Longhorn football season. Look who it is across the table. He is uh, our shutdown corner, holding down his side of the show for five hours. Five days a week here on Hook 'em Up from DB High in the 713 and DBU here in the 512. Stops in four different NFL zip codes as well. He's the lifetime Longhorn football theorist. We're number 21 in your program, always number one in our hearts. Our man, Rod Babers. I, I appreciate the intro as always, brother. I'm feeling good. You're right. Oh, man, this is one of them shows that it's just uh, it's too easy to do this job today. <laughs> thank you, Brett Yarmark. We appreciate it because uh, you made our job real easy today. Uh, but also thank you to all of those who choose to serve. Our society is built on the selflessness of service. Uh, so we choose to salute you, all the first responders, the soldiers, the teachers, the nurses. We know y'all up early with us. Uh, so we salute you uh, this day, every day. We Absolutely. appreciate you. And we know it is a volunteer military that we have. Also, mm-hmm. uh, 
Those who do serve choose those professions, and we appreciate them doing that for us uh, each and every day, uh, up with us and getting after it. And uh, one thing I wanted to start doing, Rod, is uh, if you uh, are listening to us early, if you're 6.03 in the morning and uh, hear that uh, Black Pumas song to get you going, to wake up in the Mm -hmm. morning and uh, crank it out, uh, and you would like to have us shout out someone who serves in our community, serves that you know that maybe doesn't get a pat on the back enough and would never That's give themselves idea. one, like shoot it, it to us. Uh, shoot it to us on the text line. Certainly nice. on, uh, you can email me directly at uh, and you at ehogan at hornfm.com, and we will uh, give a shout out uh, throughout the, you know, nice. start gathering those. And it's I like always that. Good. Yeah. You know, we, we're going to thank those who serve. Let's uh, th- really thank those who, uh, with a pat on the back, and uh, you can do that if you know someone who uh, is serving quietly or mm-hmm. uh, you know, not getting that, that attention, we will certainly shine that light uh, gladly here on Hook'em Up. With God, community, or country. It doesn't yeah, matter. We appreciate exactly them right. all. E. Hogan at hornfm.com is the email. Text line is there as well. Hit me on Twitter. That's at Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers also on Twitter at Rod Babers. For shizzle. Uh, and look who's through the glass. He's Ty Henderson, our go. producer, who is uh, stinging from another parlay near miss last night. I on could the tell front. by the He's mood when I walked in. A little chilly. <laughs> chilly through the glass. Yeah. Uh, parlays, man. Parlays are a gambler's nightmare. And, oh, uh, the, man. The bookie's best friend. I'm just telling you. He's just so, uh, yeah. Just, <laughs> every, was, you can tell. It's written all over your face. I'll just say that. I was an infield single away from. Oh, from no. Three grand. Three grand? Yeah. <gasps> Those dang Milwaukee Brewers. Oh. Yep, it's Which, okay, though. The ground ball with eyes Ooh. got him last yesterday. Yeah, so he's a bit a, despondent this morning. It's really it's more okay. about the number of bets he's placing. The, the, that's the number that's getting you him tried to, We tried to tell him last time. You tried to tell him. <laughs> hey, man. It's, well, you, you know, when you, you, have to, you have to win multiple games to win mm. a single bet. That just Your odds are going to be an infield single is going to get you. Mm-hmm. It's the way that's going to be. So, uh, yes, we will get into the Brett Yormark comments. If you've seen them or and oh. maybe not heard them, oh, I think it's all things that uh, Longhorn fans need to hear. If you haven't, if you have heard, you're probably fired up and would like to comment on them. He is the leader of the conference who appears, not appears, he is openly rooting uh, for one <laughs> opponent over another, which seems to be outside of uh, his focus. Uh, but, you know, uh, Longhorns know, and uh, you've heard Chris Del Conte and Steve Sarkeesian talk about embrace the hate. We have to embrace the hate in 2023. We know it's going to be there on our way out. And we are Texas. Everybody wants to beat Texas any year, but certainly this year uh, we will dive into those conversations because, uh, boy, this adds to the to the juiciness of the season around the corner, but the potential controversy of the season, Rod Babers, as a lifetime Longhorn yes, yourself. Sir. I want to get your thoughts on that coming up. First, oh, let's get to the other yeah. news, then we'll get to your mark, and, but uh, there's plenty of other headlines to uh, get you caught up with. UBO Business Services brings it to you on a Thursday morning. Yeah, big developments on the conference realignment front uh, overnight and from yesterday. Leaders of the ACC, Atlantic Coast Conference, now back at the table discussing the strong possibility that the conference will add Cal, Stanford, and SMU. A small group of ACC presidents met yesterday to discuss the final financial models that would come with the additions. More meetings are expected into the uh, end of the week. Just one vote is needed from either North Carolina, NC State, Clemson, or Florida State to get the three new schools in. Those were the no votes the first time around. Uh, a final decision could be made within a week. The additions would make the ACC an 18-school conference, that which you, if you include Notre Dame, that would spread their footprint into the central and western time zones, which would lead to an increase in the conference's media rights package with ESPN. 
We will follow the developments. Major League Baseball developments in the AL West. Texas Rangers didn't play last night, but managed to hang on to their slim lead atop the West because the Astros and Mariners both took L's in Go Houston. Strong. Red Sox center fielder Adam Duvall jacked a three-run homer in the 10th inning to lead Boston past the Astros at 7-5. Houston could have pulled even with Texas in the division that they won that ball game Earlier in the day, the Mariners also lost in extra frames. They fell to the White Sox 5-4-10. and 10. So in the West, the uh, Rangers still lead Houston by a game. Seattle by a game and a half. Texas opens a four-game series in Minnesota tonight. Houston wraps up their four-game series with Boston this afternoon at Minute Maid Park. Mariners are off today. Also in Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees got a three-run homer, homer night, or three-homer night from Aaron Judge. They'll break their nine-game losing skid. They get the win last night. Terrible news in Los Angeles where Angels two-way star Shohei Otani departed his start against the Reds with what the team called was calling arm fatigue. Hours later, GM Perry Manazian confirmed the right-hander has a tear in his ulnar collateral ligament. His UCL, he will not pitch again this season. Seemingly cursed club also lost star Mike Trout to back to the injured list just one day after he returned to the team from a seven-week absence with a wrist injury. History at Dell Diamond last night. Round Rock Express rolled to a, another win. They beat Salt Lake 9-1. to Their winning streak now 14 games. It's the longest win streak in the club's 23-year history. Congrats to them. NFL news. Off-field issues for the Dallas Cowboys. Second-year defensive end Sam Williams arrested on Sunday by Frisco, Texas police on charges of possession of controlled substance, unlawful carrying of a weapon. Controlled substance is a uh, low-level felony in the state of Texas, while the unlawful carrying of a weapon, a misdemeanor offense, per the Frisco Police Department. Cowboys say they're aware of that situation, monitoring it. It's the second off-field incident for Williams in the past nine months. Could put him in violation of the league's personal conduct policy. And a fine or suspension could be coming there. We'll, we'll keep you posted. In the uh, world of soccer, the incredible Lionel Messi did it again last night. He and his mates enter Miami, went to FC Cincinnati, the best team in the MLS, edged the hosts 5-4 in penalty shootout kicks uh, and advanced to the finals of the U.S. Open Cup. Messi delivered two exquisite crosses onto the head of striker Leonardo Campana in the second to half to force the uh, overtime. And then where they rescue and win it in penalty kicks, he continues to amaze. His team does as well. And in golf, comes down to this weekend on the PGA Tour, the top 30 golfers who advance who advanced to the Tour Championship will tee off this morning outside Atlanta. Uh, Victor Hovland, of course, coming off that incredible win at the BMW Championship last week. Lucas Glover won the two tournaments before that. And Scotty Scheffler, still the man to beat. He's earned the most FedEx Cup points this season. He will begin today's first round at Eastlake at 10 under. Uh, see if he can uh, bring it home and win the uh, FedEx Championship. We'll know by Sunday. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Uh, before we get into this Brett Yarmark thing and hear his comments, and uh, that's got Longhorn fans all riled up, I actually watched the end of that, uh, that, that match with Inter-Miami. Unbelievable. It was on Paramount Paramount Plus. I guess they, I don't know, I don't know what kind of deal they have, but they actually had the, the match on. <laughs> And they had a star cam, basically a messy cam, that only followed Messi. No matter, even when the game was, even when the match was in uh, penalty kicks, when it went into like, it didn't matter. Or overtime, I should say, it didn't matter. The messy cam. The messy cam. Um, and I bet it just followed him around the whole time. Glued to it. It did. Now, that's the one I went to first, and then I was like, all right, I should go actually try to watch the match. And that, so it ended. Well, those occurred in so, dramatic fashion. So we've told you because uh, last weekend Austin FC lost to. Uh, uh, St. Louis FC. And St. Louis is an expansion team, but they're the best team in the West. Cincinnati is a young franchise in the MLS, but they also, they actually, they actually have more points than any um, uh, team in the MLS. And so, yeah, Miami went in there, got down two to nothing. Looked like they were going to take their first L with Messi as the, uh, on the team. And when I said in the headlines, he had two exqui- exquisite crosses. Assists, he, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, his, he, he put a ball on the top of uh, the guy's head that was just like, 
unbelievable. I mean, it was like he, he couldn't have placed it better. Uh, just dropped right on top of it for a header oh, past the goaltender. Did that twice, and that got the thing tied up at 2-2. They went to PKs, and uh, Inter-Miami won again, still undefeated since Messi arrived and uh, rolled in there. That was pretty incredible. I mean, yeah. It's just must-see. It's must-watch. It's it must-watch when he's on the pitch these days, and that's why he's such a – now you see why he's got 500 million – is it a million? Twitter, Instagram followers? Yeah. Five, yeah. Like almost half a oh, billion Instagram yeah, followers. No, he's got some ridiculous People have been number. hanging on every yeah. game, he, every match he's made, played for a long, long time, and now we're getting to see it here in North America. Uh, fortunately, as sports fans, because it's really, really good stuff. As is the AOS. Hate that story for Shohei Otani. Good. I mean, that's going to affect his free agent. That could be a, a Tommy John situation. Can he just hit 40, get to 44? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's going to take a couple Homer. days off with the bat. He'll still continue to bat for the Angels, but they're not going anywhere. And now Otani, when you know he's going into free agency, if he's going into free agency with the, with an arm injury, yeah, it's going to devalue him, devalue him, drop the price some, a little bit. So, yeah, if I was him, I'd just shut it down. He will. He could for this year, and nobody would. But like him. even batting too, uh, potentially. Don't be surprised if he does that. I'm with you. Uh, he's, he's shown enough. He's done enough. But, <laughs> so. but, but but obviously Tommy John surgery. That's that's a that's a year off of pitching. And he had the same surgery back in 20, and I'm not you know, diagnosing him, but tear of the UCL is typically going to lead to some pretty major. And uh, he had that same surgery in 2018. So that's something to keep an eye on. Golf is in the news with the uh, soccer, with the uh, Tour Championships. We've got a lot, but obviously college football, nine days away <sighs> for the Longhorns, two days away for the slate of Saturday games that are coming your way in zero week. Actually, there's high school football tonight, Rod. The Taco Shack Bowl is oh, tonight. Oh, Taco Shack Bowl tonight? I believe that's tonight. Oh, is I it? didn't realize. Yeah, you're right. That, yeah. that makes sense. It's always a Thursday Anderson to McCollum. kick off yeah. high school football. Our friend Roger Wallace and Keith Moreland will have that game on uh, KBVO. Big tonight. Red. Legendary lifetime Longhorns. Yeah, so we've got high school football tonight and then uh, college football this weekend. But for the Longhorns, it's uh, nine days out. And Brett Yormark stirred the pot quite a bit yesterday. It's a beautiful thing. Okay, we got to get to these comments, and then we'll break it down. Obviously, Specs text line open for your comments as well, 512-337-3776. All right, first, let's hear from Brett Yormark. He was in Lubbock, so obviously he was catering. To the crowd here a little bit. It was like a booster rally kind yes. of thing. Yes, so Brett Yarmark, the Big 12 uh, commissioner who's been on the job just a little over a year and has gotten glowing uh, in uh, you know, compliments and everybody rave reviews about what he's done so far. Uh, this is probably the first negative blowback I think he's gotten as commissioner. Uh, here is Brett Yarmark's comments that's gotten Longhorn fans all riled up. In addition, candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was a big deal for us, and I think all of you. Okay. And coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving. Okay. And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. All right. right. Catering to the crowd. All right. Now, first of all, don't we just think he's joking? Yes. Okay. All right. So everybody gets riled up. He's just joking. It's a joke. But Longhorn fans are not taking it that way. He's just joking. Well, because all, right? all you can argue whether that's, are... that's something that's unbecoming of the commissioner. Maybe he shouldn't be joking in that way. But it is a joke. Yes, I agreed. It was. It was in jest. It was <laughs> yes. playing to the crowd. Uh, he was pointing at Joey McGuire, who was in the crowd. Uh, but he is the conference commissioner. You know, we, we also heard from the deputy commissioner at Big 12 mm-hmm. Media Day. Tim Weiser. Who was completely unabashed in his uh, dislike for Texas and Oklahoma, and certainly for Texas. Do we have that? Do we have those comments? Tim Weiser. This yeah. is so, so your Mark's joke in jest comes on the heels of what we heard a month ago, July, down there in, uh, in Arlington. And this was on an interview with the Kansas City radio station. This is, this is not some radio guy, radio honk, having takes. This is uh, the deputy commissioner of the Big 12 Conference. 
I can't speak to what Brett and George, the two commissioners, may have shared over the uh, past year, but you know clearly they're in a, a different spot than the Pac-12 has been in in a long time and trying to understand what their new TV uh, media rights deal is seems to be one of the great secrets of college athletics right now. Nobody seems to know exactly what they do or don't have. Uh, what I tell people is I, I just know that if we had something really good to talk about from a media rights standpoint, we'd be screaming it at the top of our, every mountain we could find. And sometimes that silence suggests the opposite. So I think it'll be interesting to see when media days take place, how, how that plays out and exactly what happens there in terms of their announcements. All right, Tim Weiser. Uh, so he also, that was him on the uh, Pac-12. We, yeah. uh, we'll find his comments yeah, about Texas have, and Oklahoma. He might have been the wrong comment since. Yeah, we'll, we'll check it out. But he was obviously, you know, Texas member. The comments that Tim Weiser made were Texas is, you know, leaving because it's, it's better to get beat by Florida and Alabama than K-State and Iowa State, essentially, yes. is what he said, yeah. uh, for a brand like Texas. And uh, Oklahoma was the the unwilling partner uh, who was dragged to the SEC by by big bad bully Texas, essentially, is what he said. So you've got that, uh, you know, two leaders at the top of the conference taking shots at Texas and Oklahoma, which is, look, they're getting divorced. I mean, this thing, you could, they can make it as amicable as they want, but there's still bad feelings that Texas and Oklahoma are bolting to do what they believe is best for their schools for the future and going to the SEC. Uh, but at the end of the day, right, I think Texas fans are going to be fired up and, and have are concerned and have been concerned with the idea, are you going to get a fair shake this year in the conference? You know, people are humans. Referees are humans. Uh, Big 12 hires officials. I mean, these games are officiated by human beings. Uh, that's the commissioner of the league taking a shot at Texas and openly rooting for Texas Tech over Texas. That is, is I mean, that, that has to be... And look, we may get to the season and everything goes copacetic and we don't have any controversy, but at the same time, the fact that it's setting up this way and the conference commissioner who's in charge of all schools in the conference through this year, uh, rooting for one over the other, uh, unbecoming is a good way to put it, but concerning, I think, for Longhorn fans and potentially even Chris Del Conte and Steve Sarkeesian. Wait a second. Are we going to get a fair shake here? Are we getting a level playing field on our way out? Or is this going to be... Uh, you know, little little weight, little finger on the scales here of, of how this thing plays out. Did anybody actually think we were going to get some uh, fair treatment uh, yeah, going fair leaving point. the Big 12 this season? I think that was expected anyway, whether that be home So they're cooking. just saying it out loud. They're just saying the quiet part out loud. Now, I'm not saying that this is some conspiracy or anything like that, but as you pointed out, officials are human. Listen, all the studies that have been done, Ivy League studies, about what truly uh, affects, what factors affect home field advantage, you know what all most of them have come up with, some, the, the common theory, is that it's fans affecting officials because they're human. And... They're human beings who don't want to be booed and they don't want to be hated. All right, they don't want stuff thrown at them. All right, so they subconsciously, all right, some of their calls are affected and influenced by the fans' reaction to different things. All right, and they believe that is one of the main factors in home field advantage, among, among other things. All right, so if that is the case, yeah, of course, uh, the fans are going to hate you more than ever. You're going to get more vitriol from fans now than you've ever gotten. And I could see that affecting officials. And listen, I got some stats and I'll get into them later on about that. That may actually fuel the conspiracy theory. But here's here's my take on it. All right. I think Longhorn fans are seeing it all wrong. You're looking at Brett Yarmark as an, an advocate for you and he's not an advocate for you anymore. No. 
He is no longer an advocate for you. You are no longer a member of the Big 12. Now, I know you're still currently playing in the Big 12. You are like that divorced couple that's still living in the same house. All right. Y'all ain't together no more, but y'all under the same roof. <laughs> and y'all have to You're do it. You're managing the last exact, year. Exactly, until everything's set For financial reasons. Yes, until you can get where you need to get, and they can do whatever you need to do. You can sell the house, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, it's not going to be amicable, all right, under the same roof when both of y'all have already decided y'all want to be divorced. So here's my take on it. This is I, I, Honestly, people are going to hate on this, but I think it's brilliant by Brett Yarmark, and here's why. Because... Brad Yarmark understands now the landscape of college football has changed. You guys are still looking at it like this is about uh, academic institutions who are engaging in athletic competition and amateurism with student athletes. It ain't about that no more. This is about cream. Cash rules everything around me. You just heard Jack Swarbrick say, man, we can't even get Cal and Stanford a home. These are two of the greatest academic institutions on the planet right now. All right. And this, their, uh, their athletics department's not bad. Not bad at all. Are they high profile, big time, profitable brands? Uh, probably not. But are they are they you know, some type of, uh, you know, some type of subpar athletic department for Cal and Stanford? No, not not at all. But they can't even find a home in this new landscape because it's not about the old model. This is about, you know, this is about entertainment, right? This is, yes, there's academics involved and there's amateurism involved and whatever. This is about entertainment now. Entertainment is about straight cash homing. They're trying to get the most entertaining product out there. And that's what the networks want. The networks want majority market share. These conferences want empire. They want to control as much of the brands, of big time brands as they can. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just telling you what it is. And Brett Yormark understands that. No, he's not a dinosaur. Remember I say he's an alien. He didn't have the same perspective as y'all. He's just, he's a boxing promoter, guys. This is Dana White stuff. He just turned the Texas, Texas Tech game into must-watch television. Just did. Like well, that. Turns a must. Now, well, oh, yeah. now, everybody around the country is going to watch that game. Everybody around the country well, wants to watch that game now. That and he's, he's got Texas Tech punching upward. He's trying to create a rivalry between Texas and Texas Tech. He wants to get you so riled up, and you want to try to beat Tech every year. That maybe Texas will decide to put Tech on that schedule even when they go into the SEC. This is about boxing promotion. Guys, do you remember the women's national title game? In college basketball, I know y'all remember it. Yeah, with Iowa and LSU. When did America actually ever care about women's college basketball? Never. When, but when that the trash matchup, talk began. yes, the smack talk and the trash talk. When they started promoting, when the women started doing the the, 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 the Tony Yayo, John Cena, you can't see me, taunting each other, smack talking. We couldn't get enough. We loved it. As a matter of fact, that uh, that game got 9.9 million viewers for the women's championship games. Guys, it got more. Then the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, and the Cotton Bowls. Big 12, Pac-12, ACC title games. Notre Dame, USC, LSU, Bama, Ohio State, Penn State, Bama, Texas A&M. Do Brad Yarbrough sees these numbers? He's like, no, nah, man, we got to trash talk it. As a matter of fact, Sean Payton and Nathaniel Hackett all right, and Aaron Rodgers, they just turned week five, all right, Broncos, Jets, into must-watch television. Probably one of the most anticipated games of the season. Who the hell gave a damn about it? Prior to them trash-talking one another. Guys, we can't get enough. We like Petty. We want them to go back and forth. So Brett Yarmark's a genius. He's a genius. Because now everybody around the country is talking about the Big 12. Why were we talking about the Big 12? What other reason were we even mentioning the Big 12? Are we talking Texas? We're talking about Texas? We're talking about Texas? Oh, Texas the highest-ranked team uh, in the Big 12. They're going to win the Big 12. We ain't talking enough about the Big 12. So you know what Brett Yarmark is tired of? Us talking about Texas. And he was talking about the Big 12 and Texas Tech and some of the other schools in his conference. 
Guys, it's brilliant. It's just marketing. He's a marketing mind. It's just strategy. And you know what now? The ratings for that Texas, Texas Tech game going to be blockbuster. <laughs> well, especially if it means something, which roof. it likely will. And yeah, I mean, Even if the, it doesn't, people are still going to watch. Well, because leading up to it, the, those comments will be replayed and replayed yes. and replayed. He and, knows this. And He's then, a media guy. Yeah, and then Brett Come Yormark on, will guys. be... Y'all fall in front of Okie doke. Yeah, and Brett Yormark will be, uh, be at the stadium and he'll, yes. be, on and camera, PR, he'll be on camera the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Come on, guys. And then Joey McGuire will be asked, do you feel any pressure? The commissioner's here and he's counting on you. Uh, yeah, that is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's right. I mean, he gets it, it's, it, baby. He does. He's brilliant. <laughs> and now, is it, is it the job of the conference commissioner? That will be questioned. This says, because here's a text that says, does that mean he's not attending any other games in Austin? He's only attaching his hate of Texas wagon to the Tech game. How should the other schools feel about Tech being his unsolicited champion, at least for this cause? What a true professional. Brett Yormark. Uh, this is, uh, Rod, the fans are riled up, uh, but the players, well, the players in the locker room. Use that for motivation. Well, the coaches try to use it as bullet to more material. They they, they better. They should. Yeah. They yeah should. Don't, don't waste that. Now don't waste, don't waste that. That's a chip on your shoulder. That's an easy one. Yeah. Well, that's and, against the world. And this says candidly, Sark knows the move now. Beat the brakes off Tech and leave no room for the refs or anything else to factor. Amen. There you go. In the outcome of the game, like Mac Brown used to always say, players play, coaches coach, officials officiate. They got their own agenda. We we can't worry about no, what they I, doing. I will say to the <laughs> to the level playing field thing. I do think that's some some conspiracy stuff, and we'll see how it plays out. As I've said over and over, I was at the game in Stillwater last year when Oak, Oak State had no penalties and Texas had 15. Uh, that seemed odd. It did seem um, odd. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, let, let's be, be honest about this. Texas Tech would like to play Texas again in the future. Exactly. Texas Come on, Tech, guys. TCU would like to play Texas again down the road. He's stirring the pot. Ba- Baylor would like to <laughs> maybe play Texas again down the road. It's good for their brand. It's good for ratings. Uh, it's good for, for the Big 12. And so I, I don't know how far that goes. We'll talk about it, obviously. It's, uh, as Rod has said, it's, it's good hype for the season. Uh, Joey McGuire. Texas Tech, all because here, of course, Joey was trash talking Texas after exactly. last year. They're going to play both of those oh, clips. Oh, oh exactly. Man. Think about how hype you are for it right now. You're like, man. Yeah, and just, now you have Longhorn fans t- having, when, it, when Texas beats Texas Tech, they're going to be chanting SEC, SEC. Just to throw right. it in Brett Yarmark's face. It's going well, to be beautiful. Yes, we know Brett Yarmark rues the idea of having to have Texas and Oklahoma playing in the Big 12 title game. Let's make it happen, guys. Wouldn't that be great? And now Oklahoma was, was delivered the easy schedule, the easy route to Arlington. Mm-hmm. Texas has a little bit of a tougher go, but at the same time, it's there for them. Uh, so, yeah, it all starts in nine days uh, with college football for the Longhorns. And uh, we'll take your thoughts on Brett Yormark's thoughts. We'll get some uh, Ian Rod B. facts of the day before the top of the hour. Uh, we roll on. A lot going on. We'll get to that cowboy. Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones. Not really troubled by a uh, player on his team in the second year. He's had two fairly significant incidents in nine months. His <laughs> um, comments are awesome. Well, yeah, so, so Jerry Jones. It's, it's great. Also, uh, we got we had a lot to do this morning, a lot to do. We're just getting warmed up. It's E, Rod B, and T.Y. through the glass, hurting from a parlay loss last night, but them's the breaks, man. you got to keep on gambling. It's E and Rod B. Hook them up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Yeah, man, jump on in. Water's warm. There's a lot going on. Brett Yormark riling the feathers of fans, that's for sure. But uh, as this text says, spot on Rod Babers. BY, Brett Yormark has already won regardless if Texas wins or loses that game. He has made it a must-see game, without a doubt, as Rod said in the uh, first segment. Uh, this says Texas should never play them again. <laughs> I get that, too. I understand that, too. I get that. I understand the uh, hatred. Also, we've yeah. got uh, boys being boys. Jerry Jones seemingly uh, 
allowing in, enabling bad behavior among his team with a funny funny comment it's yesterday. One, it's one of his all-time great uh, comments. Now it, it's it's radio gold. Yeah, it is well, radio. He knows it too. He knows it. He was it's trying to. He was he was he was he was ready to deliver the line. You could tell he was setting it up. <laughs> yeah, Jerry's eighty now. He doesn't care. That's true. He doesn't care. Uh, <laughs> you got Tua Tungavailoa and a war of words and a you know maybe a, a little spat with a popular ESPN. Football analyst. That's hey, going to be fun to get to coming the up. The NBAification of the NFL continues, gentlemen. Yo, one of the big things about the NBA is the NBA players, they get into these little beefs with the commentators and with the analysts like Charles Barkley and sure. Shaq. And the NFL never really had that going on. They know That was a little bit of it with, with Baker Mayfield, actually. Baker yep. Mayfield was kind of big into that. Now you're starting to see a little bit more of that. The NBAification of the NFL is a beautiful thing. No question. Plus, we've got uh, messy, messy, Messy mania continuing on the soccer pitch, and yet uh, Austin uh, or UT lifetime Longhorn Scotty Scheffler tees off this morning at the Tour Championship. Eighteen million, eighteen million, the top prize for winning the Tour Championship. Ooh, and he's got what you say? He's got a two stroke. Is it a two stroke? Yes, the advantage? way they weight this. The way they he's do got, it? He's got the Scotty has the most FedEx Cup points to start this round today, so he's at ten under par. Mm-hmm. He's at ten under par uh, when he tees off today outside Atlanta, and. But so he's two strokes up on Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland won last week with that 61 on Sunday. He's at eight under. So he's okay. got an eight-stroke lead on the field, but okay. two back of Scotty. Oh, yeah, there you go. Rory's okay. at seven under, so he's three back of Scotty. John Rom six under. Lucas Glover's five under. Then there's a group at four, three, two all the way down. And so Scotty Scheffler teed off in this event last year with the same thing, but then Roy McIlroy chased him down and beat him. And Roy McIlroy won the FedEx Cup mm-hmm. in the 18 okay. mil. Scotty Scheffler, though, he's already won a ton of money this year because mm-hmm. he's— can I give you a little little? Well, I'll save it he's, for the yeah, fact coming no, yeah. up. He won. He's won a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, he has won a lot of yeah. tournaments, Scotty Scheffler this year. But he's been in ever been in everything. He's had such a great ball striking season. His putting has let him down in a big way. But he's got an opportunity. Um, we'll tell you. We'll give you that Scotty Scheffler fact coming up in our Ian Rodby facts of the morning. Uh, coming up, we'll also get you the very latest with the developments on the ACC. It's uh, back on the front burner now, Rod. Looks like the ACC is in mm-hmm. serious. Negotiations with the four holdouts to go ahead and add Cal, Stanford, and SMU. And SMU, good for them. Yes, yeah. SM, and SMU would be coming in basically as a non-paid member. Yeah, they don't care for the first several years. They, yeah. just, well, they just want in the group. They just yes, before the musical chairs <laughs> ends. Cal and Stanford would come to, and people say, "Well, why?" You know, it's amazing when I hear people talk about why. Why are they? Why would the ACC even consider this? That's just adding. They're trying to expand their footprint, folks. They're trying to add television sets. And, and they, it, look, they've got mad members at the top in Clemson and Florida State, uh, the top revenue earners in their conference. They want more money. Mm-hmm. The only way ESPN is going to open the purse to add more money to the pool of money is to expand the footprint, play games in different time zones, get to the West Coast, uh, give them better television product that, that can happen in the evening. And right now ESPN, I don't want to say desperate, but they're looking for programming late at night. They're looking for late-night programming. Uh, so West Coast? Because they don't have anything on the West Coast point. right now. Yeah. Because essentially, if they can pull this off, they'd have Stanford and Cal games in the evening, potentially part yeah. of the ACC. Think about Notre Dame and Cal uh, on the West Coast right. and, you know, over the course of the years. You know, having colleges like 10 at right. night. Yeah. And we, and we know that ACC schools would love to play games in Dallas. That's part of the SMU push as the what, fourth so they or can, fifth largest so they media market. DFW, too. Right. And That's why the coaches say, want it. People say, well, no one cares about SMU. Well, if SMU is playing Clemson, people care. 
or Florida State, mm-hmm. that becomes a watchable game. Uh, and SMU grows as a program. That's the reason for it. It's about getting ESPN to spend more. And there's already discussions that to get one of those schools to vote what they're what they're going to offer is look, we're going to make more money at ESPN because we're expanding the brand west. That money will go to you. We're going to, you know, oh, the, the extra une- funds. Uneven revenue sharing, basically, right. model. Essentially yeah. saying we're doing this to appease Florida State and Clemson, mm-hmm. who yeah. are saber-rattling to get out. We'll, we'll increase the pot from ESPN, and we'll give that money to you guys. Yeah. So you're making more. We we grow the conference. Notre Dame, of course, everybody's trying to make Notre Dame happy. They're pushing strongly for to Cal get, and Stanford. Yeah, they want they want those academic institutions to be in. in there. Yeah. And if you consider Notre Dame in the ACC, which they're kind of you know halfway in, just football, they're affiliated. That that, that would become an eighteen team conference at that point. They'd be eighteen teams, including Notre Dame. They'd be in the Eastern Time Zone, obviously Central and then West. And then what would happen is the remaining pack. Two, Wazoo and Oregon State would more likely merge with Mount the Mountain West. West and become a new, you know, group of six school because mm-hmm. there's going to be a group of five, group of four when this all comes together, and then the group of six. Uh, and ESPN would also probably cut a deal with the new Mountain West deal, uh, big picture. But it's all media driven. You just said it, it's Almighty Dollar. It's uh, it's money, and that's it's why ACC would do this. And it only takes North Carolina, NC State, Clemson, or Florida State to vote yes, and they'd have the votes commensurate to get it done. And that could happen today, or at least by the end of this week. It's already Thursday. Hey, let's go behind the burnt orange curtain. Longhorns are nine days, nine days to the opener with the Rice House. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That curtain. All right. Um, something that actually I want to get into... Um, football related, kind of X's and O's related, but not too much X's and O's. One of the uh, big, and I saw this uh, yesterday that Xavier Worthy spoke to the media, um, and I think one of the big themes for Texas this season, I actually got a chance to speak to uh, a, a group uh, yesterday at RB, RBI cool. Luncheon. Yeah, it was really cool, man. And, and thank you to those guys. Thank you. RBI to, is a great organization. It is a fantastic organization. It really is. So I, I and I've spoken there a couple of times. So I'm, I'm really grateful that they had me out and had a lot of fun. Um, my man Will Matthews was there too. So it, it was really, really good. Sean Clinch. Uh, so great, great event. And uh, I was just talking to some fans and uh, got into a discussion with a, a fan about Xavier Worthy. Strangely enough, because Xavier Worthy spoke to the media, I thought it would be an interesting topic to bring up. Um, how Sark plans to scheme open Xavier Worthy this year because you know teams are going to be scheming to stop Xavier Worthy. That's going to be a a big issue this year for Sark. Is he going to force feed the football to Xavier Worthy? Um, and if he does that, like he did it last season, sometimes you could see a regression. I mean, that's what you saw last season from Xavier Worthy, and part of that regression, I think, was the the way in which Sark would try to force feed the football to Xavier Worthy, and I think that's something that this year um, you want to see Sark do it in a more efficient way. So I wrote down a couple of uh, concepts that I think Sark is going to try to use to get the football to Xavier Worthy, but do it, like I said, in a in a very efficient manner. Um, actually, I was talking to my man Ian Boyd about this. Shout out to Ian Boyd. He's another football theorist over there at Inside Texas, probably the uh, the 
top football theorist over there. And uh, we were talking about this in the X-Men regression last season. A lot of it was based on the fact that they typecast him as being the deep threat. There was nobody else to do it. Uh, Jay Witt, that's not really his game. And Isaiah Nayor, obviously, he... He got injured, so he was going to be the deep threat. Now you have multiple guys that can fill that role. You got A.D. Mitchell, Isaiah Nayor's back. Jonte Cook can be that guy. You got tons of guys that can be the deep threat within the offense, which we know Sark has to have. Last year, of the 30 most targeted FBS receivers, Xavier Wordy had the third lowest completion percentage when targeted, lowest single-season receiving yards, uh, third lowest yards per target, and the fewest receiving yards per game among the 30 most targeted receivers. So Sark still... Targeted him a lot. It just was very inefficient and ineffective. And it made Texas easier to defend because you knew he was going to try to get force feed the football to Xavier Worthy at all costs and especially do it on the on the deep routes. So here are a couple of elements that I think will really help Texas uh, be able to get the football to Xavier Worthy, but do it more efficiently. Um, Getting him, and and you actually brought this up as uh, one of your, you were reading one of the insider reports about Xavier Worthy's performance in the scrimmage and how they're moving him around a lot more. He already moves around at a, a top 10 rate of skilled players in the Power Five. Actually, J.T. Sanders is, if you look at motions and shifts and the rate of it, he's around 15%. He moves more than any other skilled player in the Power Five. Jante, uh, sorry, Jante Cook, even though they have similar games. Uh, Xavier Worthy is around, you know, he's he's around seventh or eighth. So he's still in the top ten. But we're just asking Sark to do it a little bit more. Uh, I went and found this stat deep diving. I went back three years. So I went back to Bama, to Sark's last year at Bama, too. How about this, uh, E.? In the last three years, if you go look at um, completion percentage and yards per attempt on targets to motion, that's targeting a player who was in motion at the snap or prior to the snap. Last three years for Sark, his offenses, yards per attempt, 9.8, 8.4, 10 yards per attempt on targets to motion. Completion percentage, 100%. Mac Jones was 17 of 17 in 2020 when targeting a player who was in motion at the time of the snap or prior to the snap, uh, averaging 9.8 yards per attempt. Uh, but Texas, 81% completion percentage in 2021, 80.5% completion percentage in 2022, targeting a player who was in motion prior to the snap or at the time of the snap. You need more of that with Xavier Worthy. That's an easy way to do it and to get him the ball on the move. And that's scary because he gets the ball on the move, he becomes a yak daddy, which he yeah. was in 2021. Well, and I, uh, you mentioned the player availability yesterday. Was he in uh, A.D. Mitchell? He was A.D. Mitchell, yes. A.D. Mitchell was there talking about his move from Georgia mm-hmm. to Texas and being closer to his daughter yep. and uh, really has enjoyed that. And he's off to a great start with Texas right now. Uh, you know, Texas, Ohio State has the most dynamic wide receiver combination in the country. No but doubt. Uh, Texas might be number two uh, because if A.D. Mitchell is as advertised with Xavier Worthy and you know Isaiah Nair, Jordan Whittington, and mm-hmm. the rest, um, you're right. And, and A.D. Mitchell said, "Man, uh, he, that's a different dude." Uh, you know, from the, the Jets, he said he's zero to sixty two steps. He's like a full that. speed, exactly. And he and Mitchell's like, "Man, I've never seen like that. That guy's different. That that is that's a mm-hmm. different gear." And imagine put, giving the ball on the move already in yes. stride. How scary that is. Yes, we've seen him run away. And, yes, last year fans are kind of down on X-Man for his body oh, this, language. This what fan was upset. This fan was not a fan of Xavier yeah, Worthy. they weren't. I, I, trust <laughs> me, I was at the Alamo <laughs> Bowl, and it was, not, it was ugly. Yeah. I mean, it was when he dropped that ball and he, you know, his body language was bad. People were down on Xavier Worthy. He's got a, 
Uh, you know, he revealed later Sark did that his hand was broken or whatever broken it was. Hand. Yeah. Um, you know, but as he said, you know, you, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And uh, he's back, and I think he, I think X Man's poised for a really big season. I do too. And we know Sark wants to, Sark wants to create a pipeline of first round talent for the wide receiver position yep. continuously, so that he can help recruit guys like that. That's he's using the Devontae Smith thing to help still recruit elite yeah. wide receivers, and it makes sense. And he wants to Xavier Worthy to to help. Kind of you know build that John pipeline. Cooks, the John Tay Cooks, yeah. So you just keep building it, and that's why guys, he's going to force feed the football. Xavier, you can't stop that. My point is, we're trying to find ways to do it efficiently. All right, so I know we're up against so a couple other things. Empty sets, you guys know I'm obsessed with them. Uh, and, and and the last game of the season for Quinn Ewers was his best game out of empty sets. That's when nobody's in the backfield except the quarterback. Everybody else is a receiver um, lined up uh, on the line to uh, obviously you know uh, be a target. So nobody in the backfield. But the quarterback. That's what the empty is. Um, Quinn Ewers was seven of eight uh, on empty sets in empty sets versus Washington in that Alamo Bowl, and that's a great way to hide a receiver. You can you know hide him as the two and the three spot. You can force a you can force a matchup advantage, a safety or a linebacker covering your best receiver because it is a really good way to stress a defense, and you can you can speed up the clock, uh, the internal clock of the quarterback. Also, bunch sets. When teams try to get their hands on Xavier Worthy, which they will because he is slight, he's skinny, he's a little frail, uh, they'll try to get their hands on him. Bunch sets, that's when you put a cluster of wide receivers together. Defensive backs are forced to back up and read and react rather than reroute because they have to. They're going to risk getting picked or getting rubbed by another wide receiver and then a guy running wide open. So bunch sets will automatically force DBs to back up, and Sark uses a lot of them. And that's when you get Xavier Worthy. You talked about it, E, 0 to 60. You get a free release with that guy. That is a, that's, that's a Herculean task trying to cover a guy that fast with a free release. Um, and then another thing, last thing, putting wide receivers in the backfield. We saw Sark do it in the bowl game. Remember to Casey Kane? It was fourth down, like fourth and like two. He gets like an explosive play. It was Casey Kane lined up in the backfield, breaking the rules of the defense, violating the structural integrity of the defense, and he leaked out in the backfield. It was an E. And then the linebacker got caught up in the, the traffic. Easy completion. And he got an explosive play, got the first down. You, you might see, see more of that, too. You see Devontae Smith do that at Alabama. At yes, times. you do. Yeah. Especially in red zone situations. Yeah, you seen Sean McVay do it in yeah. the NFL. Of course, Sean. With Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper yeah. Cup. Yeah, exactly. All right, there's Rod's uh, behind the burn orange curtain. Great stuff, as usual. Also get a rant from Rod coming up. We will uh, get a uh, little... little uh, Ooh. Just the facts coming next, though. What the nice. facts on what the other the side? Including why is, uh, why is Kevin Hart in a wheelchair? <laughs> Comedians in a wheelchair said so it's the dumbest thing he's ever done. Also, they'll give you that Scotty Scheffler stat and all the rest. Messi does it again. It's Ian Rod B on a Thursday. The Horns text line is brought to you by Specs, a Texas-sized selection of wines, spirits, finer foods, and specialty beers. Cheers to savings. Aaron Hogan, Rod Baber. Austin, Texas Sports. The Horn. Thursday, that's right, 24 August, nine days to the Longhorn opener, you know that. More on that coming up. We've also got uh, what the facts, or just the facts segment, including, yes, it's a fact that the uh, Dallas Cowboys second-year defensive lineman Sam Williams arrested Mm. Sunday, Frisco, (laughs) Texas. It's not funny, but Um, thinking about Jerry Jones' comment. 
Yeah, we're going to play that for you because you need to hear it. Because yeah. this, Jerry Jones is 80 and doesn't care at this point. This is <laughs> He's lost his filter. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Well, I'm happy for him. So uh, apparently on Sunday, the second-year man out of Ole Miss was pulled over in Frisco. He had a small amount of uh, controlled substance. And they, said it was, they said it was THC, which I think it means it was a vape, like a T8, the pen. Yeah, the vape, yeah. So it was the THC oil, and I believe the oil can be classified. As a controlled substance, is that yes. what it is? Yes, exactly. okay. and that would got Brittany so Griner why, in trouble in Russia. Yeah, so that's why I don't think Jerry was freaking out about it. Controlled substance does hey, sound J- scary. Jerry probably's got a pen. Jerry's probably got some controlled substances as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> yeah, well, he might have one. Now he doesn't drive anymore. Remember, he got the getting the got in the wreck up yes, on right. Harry Hines. Got in the wreck up on Harry just, Hines. And yeah, Jerry Jones should not be driving. I think no, we all he's got a driver that. now. Yeah, come on now. Well, well, here's the other part. Like Sam Williams, this is this is you know he had a uh, unlawful carrying of a weapon too, which is also you know two charges that he's gonna have to deal with now. But the problem is he had an incident in December of last year, if you remember, where he was going almost a hundred miles an hour. Wait, he had mm-hmm. a gun too? No, in this on Sunday. On Sunday. Yes. Okay. Mm. Yeah, controlled substance and a unlawfully carrying a weapon. Okay. According to the Frisco, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't mean actually. a gun necessarily. Well, it could be brass knuckles or something like that. Okay, I'm just I'm going to go ahead and assume it was a pen. I love how creative uh, <laughs> Ty's mind get. You should have been a lawyer. It could be anything. Yes. <laughs> but uh, so Jerry Jones, look, the, the incident, All he also had an incident that, that he didn't play in the Eagles game in week 17 last year because mm-hmm. of a on in a car incident. Uh, yeah. Back when he was speeding and it was car, his car was totaled back in December. He's going 98 miles an hour in an area where the speed limit was 55. Sam Williams. Car was totaled. Both he and another vehicle's driver spent a short amount of time in the hospital without serious injury, but he was speeding, mm-hmm. and arrest warrant was, was delivered, and he missed the Eagles game in Week 16 last year. Not good. So this is two and nine months, and here's Jerry Jones. <laughs> uh, when asked yesterday about his uh, uh, young defensive end who maybe <laughs> needs to get in line a little bit. Last year he drives 100 miles an hour and has a wreck. You know, in this, I mean, how do you conjugate all that? How, how do you balance those things? Well, uh, first of all, I'm saying that he is, as, which is more often the case than not, uh, this sh- sounds a little hollow, but he does and is uh, maturing, uh, and he is. Uh, the, uh, uh, what was he going, 66? Was he going 66 miles an hour? Last year? No, this year. So he's 34 miles an hour less than this year than he was last year. 98 to 66. So that's improvement. So there, he's mature. That's a fact. That's a fact, Jerry. Oh. Yeah. So he's caught, he was going 98 miles wow. an hour in December. This oh, time it's only 66. What was it? 60? We're, we're getting better here. Baby steps. Baby steps. All right. Baby, Baby steps. This Jerry. is what it's about. <laughs> but Jerry Jones, you know, Jerry Jones does love the troubled yet talented oh. soul. Well, that's why Sam so, Williams went where he did in the draft. Yes. He Jerry had, likes those guys. He, 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 you know, but, but I, he, I think he feels a certain, I don't know, he likes second chances. He wants to give always, people say, redemption always. stories. Randy Gregory. Yes. He loves many, that. Many, 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 he's many the, more. He's the, uh, he's the St. Jude of the NFL. Like he's, <laughs> well, especially if you're talented. If, yeah. if you're not talented, <laughs> I don't want you. But yeah, he's a patron saint of second chances. He came out of Ole Miss with problems, too. Baggage. Baggage from his days back. 
back with yeah, the Rebels. Yeah, he did. So yeah. And he the, had a he had a an upbringing that was that was pretty oh, rough. Yeah. He had a pretty rough upbringing. But yeah. Jerry, like I said, Jerry loves Pac-Man Jerry Jones. likes projects. Yeah, he wants he wants to save you. Jerry wants to save you so if bad. You can if you can somebody. ball now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gonna save everybody. No, no, no. He won't even save his own. I love that though. biological daughter. He was like, no, no, no. I love. <laughs> I'll Jer- save the people that can help me win games. It's a fact. I love Jerry Jones' logic. It's yeah. We're getting better here. It's not that. Was he going ninety eight this time? No, he's going sixty six. It's great. We're making progress. Oh, man. Yeah, but he had, you know, some, some weed and a gun. Okay, well, but he wasn't going 100. That's Texas, man. Guns don't freak people out. <laughs> what do you have, Ron, at Just the Facts? Uh, okay, I got a Seattle Mariners stat for you. Okay. Uh, they've won 16 of their last 20 games. They lost one game in the bottom of the ninth uh, in three extra innings, including that blown save uh, that they had uh, yesterday. Um, and so, hey, you heard it here first. Uh, Pick it there. Pick of the day. That's a good Sox. point. Yes, but you did say Guys, that. Guys, what's popping pick of the night was the Shout White out. Sox. Yeah, there you go. The so terrible you... White Sox breaking the streak. There you go. And uh, did you know the Astros, Ghost Rules, have only won one extra inning game all year? Yeah, they're, they're, they have been great in the, in the late, late innings of last night. They're one in seven, I and, believe, now in extra inning well, games. And, and last night was crazy because if you were watching uh, the kid who hit the three-run homer, he's not a kid, he's 34 years old, but uh, – um, <laughs> Adam Duvall, he had his third home run in three games. He he fouled a ball off his back foot the pitch earlier, and he was stung, man. He was hurt. And Kendall Graveman tried to go. painful. And he got back in the box. You could tell it was still tingling. And Graveman threw it right down low again, and he went down and got it and jacked it. I mean, right after he hobbled hmm. around for five minutes, he hit one <laughs> under the Crawford boxes. Yeah. Hey, uh, Rod, we'll get into this coming up. Trey Lance is running third team with the 49ers. We do have to get into this. Uh, also, I got to take on this. Here's, and here is the Scotty Scheffler stat I was going to give you as he tees off with the lead at the Tour Championship. 25 of the other 29 golfers in the field in, at East Lake this week are going to have to beat Scotty Scheffler by seven or more strokes to beat him. Okay? Woo! Seven or more, because that's the, the weighted yes. score he's got. 25 of the 29. <laughs> in all of this golf year, only 12 golfers have beaten Scotty Scheffler by seven or more strokes in a tournament. All year. That's 0.67%. <laughs> wow, that's a hell of a So stat. essentially, Scotty Scheffler's teeing off today knowing there's only about two or three guys that can beat him. They even got a shot. If he just plays like he has, even putting poorly, there's two guys. Yep. There's Hovland and Rory. Mm-hmm. And really, probably not anybody else can beat him because his T-degree game is so strong. But is he going to win it? Rory beat him last year in this spot at the Tour Championship. 18 mil on the line. Come on, Scotty. We're coming back.